pleasantly surprised by the efficiency of the new, no longer new, uh, Subte trains this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. And those new trains they've still got on line A still smell of lemons. After what three months or something now? I was yeah, not expecting them to still be working. The real test is going to be if they're still working, still smelling of lemons in eight months' time. Nah, I'm pissed off with uh, that train. Don't talk to me today about that. Sudde, <laughs> piece of shit. Anyway, uh, I'm Sam Kelly. Welcome to another week of Hand of Pod. I'm joined by English Dan. Hello. And by Santiago. Hello, everyone. Uh, Giles had to, to pull out at the last minute. This is the, the danger of him having a job, uh, as we announced a couple of weeks ago. These days, uh, we need to say congratulations to Santiago because he's just been told he's got a new job as well. That's right. That's so, right. Um, if you're looking for new jobs, then there's quite a few around. Start recording with, start recording with yeah. Under Pot in 2013 because we seem to be a good omen. So, yeah. cheers, gentlemen, and here's to Santi's new job with the United Nations, no less. That's true. Uh, so, we're all going up in the world. Um, we've got uh, sort of. You could say two major things, or you could say two sides of one coin to discuss on this week's Hand of Pod. Because if you, um, long-term listeners, if you cast your minds back to when we were previewing the Torneo Inicial last year, uh, sort of the beginning of August, um, you may be able to remember that we were talking about two very big traditional Primera División clubs in Argentina who were both in seriously uh, dire straits and we were mentioning in particular that if the two newly promoted sides Quilmes and a, a little club you may have heard of called River Plate Man got off to good starts um, that these two sides would have to do something really really big to, uh, to avoid relegation in Argentina's system they both began this season on 90 points from the previous two seasons just 45 points per season on average uh, one of them has been relegated this weekend, just finished, Independiente, as we've been expecting for a while. And the other, mere hours before we began recording, have won the title in spectacular style. Uh, Newell's Old Boys and Independiente began 2012-2013 on the same points average. And look at them both now. Um, so that's they're, they're the two big stories, really, that we're going to be discussing. What are we going to tackle, first of all? Um... Let's go for the for the good news of the week. Yeah, <laughs> always looking at the positive stuff. Um, we I was going to say news, actually. Yeah, <laughs> we we mentioned last week um, on on last week's episode that with uh, Lanus having a half a game in hand, of course, um, a, a draw between them and River Plate on Sunday, assuming that Newells had won their game, would have handed the title to Newells. Newells did win their match. It was three 0 away to Atletico Rafaela. Uh, prior to that game, apparently Gerardo Martino's teams had only ever won two matches out of something like 12 attempts where the this, uh, the pitch was smaller than a certain set of measurements or something according to our like this is how anal some people are in Argentine football journalism oh, you love it sir. Um, <laughs> I do yeah I do. <laughs> fantastic um, so Newell's got a, a decent win away to Rafaela and put the pressure on Lanús and River um, Lanús 
didn't appear to feel the pressure really <laughs> spectacular they were 3-1 up after 13 minutes 4-1 up after 20 minutes and 5-1 uh, up um, before the hour mark Ismail Blanco scored twice which gives you some idea of the degree to which Rivers defence just collapsed but then you say that uh, Lanus weren't feeling the pressure do you, do you not think that it could be more of a case that they just felt the pressure was off because they were 2 nil down to Estudiantes because they were already 2 nil down to Estudiantes no, at half time yeah. after everything that's happened like it was just in relief, you know, after the the incha, the fan died, everything. It was just a relief, I think, for them to get back on the pitch and just play. Well, possibly, I, I think the couple of early goals really helped them as well. I mean, they well, prior to yeah. that game, they scored once in the previous six matches, so five in well, four and one half. Four <laughs> and also, there, there the were no away fans and almost mm-hmm. no home fans either. So. Yeah, a lot of Lanús fans stayed away. We, I think we hinted at it last week, if I remember rightly. Um, uh, out of protest at yeah. um, uh, the police shooting of the the Lanús fan. Uh, Santiago Daniel or Daniel Santiago or Javier <laughs> whatever the hell it was called um, by, by police which caused the Estudiantes match to be, to be called off at half time the second half of Estudiantes Lanús was played this afternoon and it finished 2-0 to Estudiantes so no, no goals scored in that second half which of course hands the title to Newell's um, yeah it was probably one of the most bizarre ends to a season like <laughs> the, one of the most bizarre crowns of a champion I've ever seen in mm. any league of football we can basically we can break it down with this. The game was decided in La Plata. The fans were celebrating in Rosario, while the club, the players, the coach, and a handful of fans as well were in a hotel in Chaco, the far north of Argentina. It was kind of, well, not so much celebrated in La Plata, but celebrated massively in Rosario. Everyone went um, to the, oh, what's the Monumento a la bandera. Monumento. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was Plaza de la Bandera mm-hmm. or Monumento a la Bandera. The, the monument to the flag. Yes. Because Rosario is near to the spot where the Argentine flag was first hoisted. Yeah. Fittingly enough, one day before mm-hmm. its official flag day. Of course, yeah. 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 Fittingly yeah. enough, it's the coldest day in the year. And you also have won the, the championship. There weren't too many people in Rosario complaining about the cold from Barcelona. No. As soon as that happened, you know, I was watching the game, the Lenos Estudiantes game here at home, and as soon as um, that final whistle blew, they, they switched the image to um, the Rosario to the Monumento. And just about, I think, just as um, the game was finishing, there was already, you know, fans were there, and this was, you know, three in the afternoon. I suppose people would be working, but there didn't seem to too many of them. And then I saw it again about six o'clock, say, and it was yeah, absolutely packed. And as well, they tried to charge into the, the team's hotel in uh, Chackle, and that was just great scenes. Like it just makes such an image for Newell's fans as well because they got like really distinctive red and black colours. Mm-hmm. Like I think I called them once going to the stadium, and they like they reminded me of Anarchist Pirates. And I think that's pretty, that's the image I get from it from whenever I see a lot of Newell's fans together. The uh, the team clearly enjoyed the celebrations immediately on full time an awful lot as well because they uh, they marked this title win by going out the Copa Argentina to third division champions uh, Pacheres de Cordoba. Zombies now joining us. Tommy, Salieta. Eager to make his uh, his weekly appearance there. Um, it's more impressive when he turns up at Jules for that, to be honest. Yes. Um, his homing instincts are uncanny. Um, but yeah, Tacheres, um have put Newell's out 1-0 beating them in the Copa Argentina um, so there's there's that I suppose Newell's aren't going to be too bothered they've still got the Copa Libertadores uh, semi-final to, to come as well of course um, and they've got the enormous honour more than anything of playing in the Super Final against Vélez Sarsfield mm-hmm. for 
what, what the AFA have apparently announced is going to be counted as another national championship for the team that win it. And it's a place in the Copa Sudamericana. As, as America. well as the, the Doneo Inicial or, or Doneo Final title that they've already got, exactly. Uh, the winners of this uh, Super Final, it's, it's become apparent today, are going to be given a ticket to the Copa Sudamericana, as Dan's already said, we've known that for a while. They're also going to be allowed into the Copa Libertadores, except that Newell's have already qualified by virtue of winning the, the final, so their place would then go to the next team down the season-long table, which is Lanus. Well, that could be good for us. Yeah, it could. Uh, it, no, except that it's, it's going to be Lanus. Um, Why? Because it's... Qualifiers for next year's Libertadores are... Um, they Oh, you're right, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, are, are going to be the two championship winners of the calendar year, plus the Supercopa winners... Uh, who are one of the two well who might well be one of the two championships of this kind of year plus the Copa Argentina plus the best team in the Sudamericana um, it's not very clear yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's very clear there's not really any more places for the teams at place no um, <laughs> that's the actual <laughs> ex- yeah. except that if, if Vélez win it then Vélez will be allowed into next year's Libertadores of course they haven't qualified for next year's Libertadores already um, which really begs the question what the bloody hell's the point in the Super Final we've been asking that Privately, for most I think it's, season, so. it's basically going to boil down to one thing. If you're um, a fan of the club that wins, you're going to say, "Ah, oh, yeah, we've got another title. This is brilliant." If you're the fan of, if you're a fan of the club that loses, you think, "Ah, oh, well, it's not really yeah. a title." Anymore. And it's and completely in the And if you're a fan of any other club, then you're going to laugh at the club that wins for claiming that they've been champions. In Newell's well. case, yeah. it would be seven times. In Melissa's case, it would be a tenth championship, which would take them above Alumni. Um, yeah. and, the af- and then the year after, when your team wins it, you celebrate that, doesn't it? Oh, no, the year after, well, <laughs> if my team wins it, I'll be, I'll be ignoring it. Just as soon as I know. I'm sure it's <laughs> more dignity than that. Um, I don't know if you've quite picked up kind of the craziness of the Argentine football fan yet. No, I find it depressing most of the time. Um, anyway, Newell's, we need to say something about what worthy winners Newell's have been, really. Oh, absolutely. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll look back more, more, more fully on the, on the full Donnell final after the last round of, of matches has been played, of course. But, I mean, a goal difference of 20 from 18 matches really says it all they, they've scored more goals than half of, uh, sorry their goal difference is greater than half of the league have even managed to score yeah. they have a very very good um, attacking uh, attacking couple yeah. with uh, Maxi Rodriguez and Skoko and yeah and also you, you can even say in, in that title you know talking about goal difference it's not reflecting um Results like four three against Racing, which is obviously a massive high scoring, but yeah. doesn't reflect in the goal difference. So no, they were just far and away the the best team. Yeah. The only surprise is that they didn't pick up more points. I think yeah. it's a relatively low title for for a champion. They, they lost then, a few matches they shouldn't have lost, yeah. largely because of the midweek commitments and the fact that they were exactly yeah. playing a lot of players match in match out. Yeah. Um, but the, the other point really that underlies the attacking quality is, I, as I mentioned, when he came off the bench and scored a stoppage time third goal against Rafaela at the weekend, uh, is that Maxi Urruti has pushed onto the bench for the vast majority of their matches yeah. it gives you some idea of the depth the depth in their squad so you know the next question to ask of course is what happens next for Newell's we know that Skokko's going but you'd have to say that if they can hang on to Ruti they might not feel that yeah. quite as much if he keeps up the same form well it's a story we've seen you know anyone who follows Argentina Argentine football has seen year in year out a team shines and becomes becomes champion and suddenly their, their heart gets ripped out we saw it with, uh, with Banfield, we saw it with Argentinos, like, yeah. especially with like what we could so- call smaller clubs. Yeah. Um, There's one exception, which is of course Arsenal. <coughs> um, 
haven't told most of the players. No. Only Lee someone which and we can speculate why that is until the cows come. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> in fact, we have done. We've got something to talk about that before. But still, there's a few players that left. Riso left. Lee someone left. Like, no, well, there's, there's a few players. Yeah, yeah. You have Ordiz and Lee someone, but of the central couple, uh, the central defenders, you're losing the the worst one, not the best one. Obviously, and Lee someone yeah. is like 30 Obviously. years old and he's always uh, injured. So. Mm. Um, so yeah, in, in short, if you're a Newell's fan, we've got a couple of very regular uh, Newell's supporting listeners, of course, uh, Leper Dave and uh, Lepra Granata, who both tweet us questions on an almost weekly basis, so congratulations. Have we not had any um, of them, any from them today? Not so far, we, we might have by the time we actually get to the questions, so we'll see. Well, if, um, they if they don't tweet today, then... Yeah, then they're missing a trick, either that or they're yeah. already drunk. So the race is oh, sure, yeah. three for Japan. What a match this is turning into. Sorry, we're watching the Confederations Cup whilst we record rather than watching the Coppa Argentina. We're not that professional, which <laughs> we'd like to enjoy ourselves instead. Um, what was I going to say next? Uh, you're just saying that the um, Newell's fans are probably drunk already. I was doing, yes. Uh, so, yes, congratulations, Newell's fans. Fully fully deserved, and I think all of us would say that as soon as our own team uh, was, was were out of the title race, which, of course, in my case was only on, on Sunday afternoon, Evening, in fact, we, we immediately sort of switched to wanting Niels to win the title. Because if, yeah. if Lanus had somehow managed to creep it in, it would have been a bit of a travesty, much as much as Lanus have, have played some nice football. Um, and just it's just a bit of a surprise yeah. that they actually got so far. And I'd just like to say, just to think, back in August, there were two teams in the running to buy Ignacio Scocco Niels and uh, Racing. <laughs> because he was a personal recommendation from Sebastian Sacha, the team captain who played with him in AK, AK Athens, I believe. Yeah. And I don't know if um, the board over like overrode his suggestion, or they said, "Ah, oh, there's not enough money." But or you already what? have a couple of. Um, oh yeah, um, so we brought in. You got Jose Sam. That's got to go down as probably the worst thing going. <laughs> <terms of his. laughs> I can't think of any example from world football that is bigger. No, uh, the, <laughs> in, in the, uh, the the other thing that was happening back in August, as I mentioned at the start of the show, was that there was another side who were threatened with relegation, and as we've mentioned already since we last recorded, that side have been relegated. We've been building up to this for a while. We wanted to get an Independiente fan on um, this this week, but unfortunately nobody got in touch in time. Um, so we're not going to be able to give you that perspective. But what we are going to do is try and tone down the amount of piss-taking that Dan's doing um, what, 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 and, and give you something of a more balanced one so what I thought I'd do Dan and I've not warned Dan about this actually um, so he might not be fully up for it but let's see is give you two minutes to tell us without either me or Santi being allowed to interrupt but you've got exactly two minutes I've got my stopwatch here um, to tell us what are the various ways that Racing fans have marked or are planning to mark this coming weekend um, the the descent of their great rivals into the second division you've got two minutes okay. starting from now first of all I'd like to say that every single Racing fan is completely delighted with how this has happened we can finally put what happened in um, 83 behind us when, when Racing went down and it's been just a terrible, you know, millstone around their neck for independent fans to have a go and have a pop. And so, as soon as that game that game finished, they lost one 0 with San Lorenzo, which meant whatever happened, they they were going down. It started. First of all, we had in La Nación on Sunday, a couple of racing fans ma- managed to um, sneak an obituary in for Independiente in La Nación, which is probably the most prestigious paper in all of Argentina, and they must have like overlooked it, and so they got that in. Um, there was in Ramos Mejia which is a place just outside um, Buenos Aires capital they had um, 
a big barbecue like in a very fancy restaurant there which uh, Peter Capasotto went to like uh, a famous comic who's also a um, fanatic of uh, racing and one they, minute and they sang <laughs> he put me under a lot of pressure there's been god knows how many um, posters and videos um, you know celebrating our new star the ghost who's just been all over the place they even want to put a statue up with, of him in, uh, in the stadium now and uh, the song that we we introduced to an English audience last last week, Americo Oitevas. Uh, now they want the Chilean singer of that song to come to the stadium on Friday and sing it live in front of the fans. And he wants to come, doesn't he? Uh, he wants to come, yeah. He's definitely up for it. It's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. We put it on last week on the phone. Yeah, that's great. Dan, you've got 20 seconds left. Is there anything you forgot? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'd just like to thank my mum, my, pet, you know, <laughs> my family, all my friends from the stadium who've it's a bias Friday when we go to the stadium it's going to be an absolute fiesta just a great party and no it's, it's a great moment to be a wrestling fan and for our team as, as well as you know um, that's your two minutes uh, and let's not forget that Dan opened the door in full ghost attire today for us. yes I'm slightly surprised he hasn't kept it on actually but he, he <laughs> genuinely has made his own ghost of the beat no it's uh, an old sheet and it was very very dusty yeah. <laughs> um, this, this, is, this is how I'm not sure a sad man he is. Um, I don't think I'm the only one. <laughs> if we can try now to take all of, I guess all of our, in, in some way or another, sort of dislike for Independiente uh, and put it to one side for a minute and be slightly neutral. Uh, yeah, I think this is something to point out as well. Like, it's not just wrestling fans who are, who are no, going to be happy about this. River fans, to some extent, are going to be happy about the fact that Independiente at least didn't quite manage to get to their record. Independiente have been 101 and a half years in the Primera, and of course River are 102 and a half, and Boca have got 100 exactly this year, and are now thinking about maybe they could get relegated in 2015. Yeah, <laughs> the latest conspiracy theories that we mentioned last week are anything to go by, so they would fall just about short by, of River's record by a few days, I think, if that happened. Boca fans um, are delighted because they are now the only team that have never been relegated to the B, with the exception of Arsenal. Please, who haven't been there yeah. quite as long, I'm sure. <laughs> But yeah, there, there is a, a sort of a serious side to this as well, because Independiente, although we don't tend to get many Independiente fans, or indeed Boca fans, on, on hand a pod, um, for reasons I'm not really sure, and we just don't know many who speak English. Yeah, sure. um, and you know lots and lots about football, I mean I know plenty of Independiente fans, but they're all, their family are Independiente fans, yeah, and they don't really have much of an interest themselves, uh, through coincidence more than anything, I'm not suggesting that all Independiente fans don't care about football, whatever Dan might like to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, there is another side to this, and it is that Independiente are one of the, the biggest teams in the country, obviously you knew this, if you can remember back two years, uh, or rather one year and what, 51 weeks or something to when we were reviewing River Plate's relegation, uh, we had Sebastian Garcia on, who's a massive uh, racing fan, as you're, well actually he revealed on Hand of Pop 100 that he no longer is, but at the time he still nice. was, um, and he's, he's certainly been acting as if he is on, on Twitter since <laughs> he went on, um, but you know, we, we had him saying that he just never thought he would see the day that River Plate were relegated. Uh, and I think a lot of people, to perhaps a slightly lesser extent, must have felt the same about Independiente. I mean, yeah. this is why we have. Well, I mean, just to slightly extend, you know, the time of that. I, I have a very good friend from from Racing, a guy that I always go to the stadium with, and his dad passed away what four weeks ago, so, and he was a lifelong Racing fan that you know went introduced my mate um, Seba to to go to the stadium and all that. And yeah, I think he's gonna be feeling kind of a little bit of you know it's going to be bittersweet that his dad you know never saw um, Independiente in Lowe 
And that was another thing that I forgot in that two minutes. Just sort of one last that in a in a cemetery out on Rudos, one of the one of the freeways like going out to Beratigi. Mm-hmm. Um, a racing fan went in the middle of the night on Sunday morning and graffitied over like this is for you dad they're they're in the bin because dad's buried there <laughs> wow um touching sorry but yes anyway as we're saying Independiente are one of the big one of the big five in Argentine football as everybody has listened to more than a couple of episodes of Hand of Pod uh, will be aware uh, they've won more Copas Libertadores than anybody in South America in, in history up until um fairly recently up until about two years ago they, they were the team who had the most number of international trophies in, in world club football I think it was when Milan won the um, the Champions League they yeah, something with Independiente or something um, so you know we're talking about genuinely a massive massive club even though their stadium is only five sixth built at the moment um, <laughs> who, who've gone down and although it's not going to have the same effect on the second division as it did when River went down in terms of the media coverage it's still going to be a oh, big yeah. difference compared yeah. with say this season yeah. Um, yeah, we've also we, we've lost the country's second biggest derby at the same time we've gained the La Plata Clásico back and we've got the Clásico Rosarino with Central getting promoted yeah. um, but the the Avellaneda Clásico isn't going to be happening next season so I don't know if it, either of you saw um, Julio Comparada's interview on the show de football I saw a bit of it it was just, amazing just amazing yeah. he just refused to take yeah. any responsibility whatsoever like saying mm. I left Independiente with 80 points from a season or something yeah, and, yeah. and I won the Copa Sudamericana too Copa and he blamed the, um, the fina- financial problems of Independiente on the world uh, crisis on the Lemon Brothers uh, <laughs> crisis which is yeah. we, we need <laughs> to well, well, also that I, yeah I gave money to the Barra like, you know he admitted that as well. Yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need to clarify Julio Comparada. Um, yeah, it's, it's very easy to, to get confused because he's actually got the same initials as the current president. Um, Julio Comparada is Javier Cantero's predecessor as Independiente president. Javier Cantero's reaction has been almost exactly the opposite. He's stood up and said, You know, I'm, I'm the man who's I'm el Maximo Responsable, the number one person responsible for this uh, relegation. Even though I think most reasonable people, I mean, He's getting a lot of blame for it, but I think most reasonable people would suggest he's not really the, the most responsible. No, yeah. he made mistakes. Mm. He definitely made mistakes, yeah. you know, as everyone did. Players we can, Yeah, we can applaud him, you know. He deserves to be applauded absolutely 100%, 100% for what he did to try and uh, get the baddest out, to bring more transparency in. But I think, yeah, on a football level, he, he did make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, that's true. There was mm-hmm. mistakes in the coaches, mistakes in bringing the yeah, player personnel totally. in. Like, mm-hmm. You can't take him out. Mm-hmm. But the Christian Diaz thing was just yeah. Why? Why? On one, he, he on had, one game. Yeah, yeah he, he had a, an awful stint in. Reminds about yeah. Christian Diaz. Well, Christian Diaz was a manager in uh, Independiente. He was uh, the interim after uh-huh. Ramon Diaz left. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he came in. Um, I think his first game in charge was a five-four win in the Bombonera against Boca, with a hat trick from Farias. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. on the back of that, they they rushed in and gave him a permanent contract, and then yeah, just yeah. went from bad just to worse. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think he definitely made mistakes, but it just shows kind of the difference in integrity between the two men. I think Cantero and Comparado. One has stood up and said, "Right, I took him down. It's, you know, I did this. Didn't even mention his predecessor. You know." And then Comparado just came out first time he's spoken in two years, even uh, since he left in 2011, and just said, "Look, I've got nothing to do with it." Show Argentina. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Another thing that deserves mention, because particularly, of course, after the last time a Grande was relegated, when when River were relegated, the a lot of, of, of fans, I guess. I mean, not just Barra Bravas, just tore the, the barrio to shreds. Um, sort of running 
street battles with the police and all the rest of it afterwards, which made headlines across the world. Uh, Independientes fans, there, there was one, uh, there was a Spanish journalist in town who, who followed me and asked me a couple of questions uh, on um, Friday because they were really going on Saturday, weren't they? Saturday yeah, was the really Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I've got, it, I've got this right. Um, and she was uh, tweeting on Saturday afternoon that uh, a couple of people had um, attacked a couple of TV cameramen for Cecil Goene. Um, TV Pública and her cameraman for some international uh, Spanish station, I think, uh, who were outside the Independiente Stadium. But apart from that, that was the only trouble that I heard of. Um, yeah, it was uh, very. By and large, Independiente yeah. fans have been given a lot of respect for having just left peacefully, supported the team to the end, yeah. hung around singing but, for a bit. Uh, I think the, the main difference is that River didn't think that they were going to get relegated and then they got yeah. into the promotion the almost the in the last moment. Already knew they were that's true. Um, yeah. The River thing was more dramatic somewhere. Yeah. Um, River didn't even think that they were going to play the promotion until they lost to Lanús and then they actually think they actually thought that they were going to win the promotion. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's more drastic yeah. for River than it was for Independiente. Yeah. There was a bit of a, there was some hope left after they won a couple matches. Yeah. Um, but I think like Maybe ten matches before uh, this, uh, the the match that actually got them relegated most. Independent fans were basically saying, "Okay, we're we're going to be." Absolutely, they yeah, they we had were, enough time to we were saying, process what, two, it. Two or three months ago, we were saying independent. They were far more screwed than the River were at that same point. That's yeah, true. The equivalent season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Independiente are down. Uh, we will. That, mean, that means, of course, that Hand of Pod are going to be paying a bit more attention to the second division again next season. Yes, uh, we more or less. Right? We were this <laughs> um, and they'll be doing it pretty much with a brand new team. Yes, there was well, thirteen players that just were struck off and yeah, said, "Don't turn up to training. You're not going to be uh, taken into account for the next season." You have yeah. years. Nine of them turned up for training anyway. Yeah. No, sorry, eleven of them turned up for training anyway. There were only two. Who Zapata away. was one of them. I was reading today, and I can't remember who was the other one. A, a lot of it. Paris. Yeah, a lot of this was to do with contracts because the the guys, uh, lots of the guys who've been struck off have actually got contracts that are running for another year, and they if if they make the uh, the the compensation claim, they don't want to be. Told well, you know, you had to keep training up until the end of the season at least, and you didn't do so. Yeah. So then, this is why they've turned up, knowing that they won't be taken into account for the next match. They won't be in the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montenegro is uh, Montenegro Montenegro said, he wants to stay, yeah. said he wants to put back Independiente in the Primera. Yeah. So and we've got talk about as well. Patricio Rodriguez might be coming back. He's not been getting an awful lot of playing time. I don't think of Santos. Um, so he might be coming back. Uh, we've got who else has, has said they? Um, Galmarini. Yes, Galmarini's been mentioned. Does, does he play for yeah. Independiente before? For no, no, River. Galmarini or Gavarini? Galmarini. Galmarini, Tigre. Galmarini, yeah. for Tigre. Yeah. And also, I've heard talk about... Fogundo Parra. Parra. I've heard also about Matias Pisano, which is a very good player from Chacarita mm. from the third division, mm, yeah. which could be a very good um, very good buy for, yeah. for Independiente. Chacarita, third mm-hmm. division. Sounds strange when you say it like that. Yeah, it's true. But Pisano was very good yeah. this season. He, he was one. I think he was the best in the Metro. So that that could be a, a good incorporation for for the, El Rojo. The Galmarini thing, I think, would be a shame, uh, just because I, I really like him as a player. <laughs> I think it would be a real shame for him to. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you can understand him doing it. I'm assuming that independent yeah. team and in the second division are going to have a larger budget uh, than Tigre in terms of what they can afford to pay him. But it would be well known. Apparently not. Should be in the because no? it depends on you know. <clears throat> Uh, River when they went down got all sorts of uh, kind of special treatment from the AFA they got kind of more money than well no that's every, every team who gets relegated from the Primera continues to get Primera TV deal no no no, 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 no yeah because um, no I was reading it yesterday the other side's relegated at the same time at the same I saw, I saw Diego Fox 
very unfortunately named television journalist, uh, arguing with, with people about this on Twitter when it happened. Mm. Um, and he was very, he was insistent, he was like, no, this is a, it's an NAFA regulation. That oh, so I was reading like in, parachute payment yeah. equivalent, I suppose. So I was reading in La Nación the other day that it would go down from something like 100 million pesos in TV money to 13 million. Wow. Or something like that, yeah. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a drop anyway. Okay. Definitely. And, and we'll say, yeah, um, it's going to be an adjustment. And now, you yeah. know, obviously, they've just got rid of 13 players. So 13 players, yeah. That's replaced. Yeah. Which makes it kind of a strange move. Obviously, you know, you want new blood, you want to fresh out the team, but still to replace yeah. the whole team. And a lot of those players were very resisted from the crowd, too. So yeah. I don't think they have that. It's a lot, the 13 players. Yeah, you've got, you got to find the replacements, right? Yeah. yeah. I think we'll, we'll probably talk more about who Independiente actually, by the time we, we know uh, who they have got to replace uh, next season, when, when we're previewing the next season um, in, in a few weeks' time. A few very short weeks, really. I mean, the season's going to be kicking off in just over a month and a half. It's not, so it's not really much of a winter gap in Argentina, the big gap's halfway through the season. Um, so it's, I guess, time now to move on to some of the other sides. Quilmes. I'd like to say well done to them because we one of the things again that we discussed back in August was can Kilmes finally manage more than one season in a row in the Primera? They seem to have been bouncing up and down between the two for a while now. Um, I think it, it's a very long, like a decade and a half or something since they last managed consecutive seasons in, in the top flight. And they have done. They got a draw on Monday night, nil nil against Godoy Cruz, uh, which secures their place and makes things really complicated between Argentinos Juniors and Atletico Rafaela coming into this last weekend um, the yeah. results San Martín San Juan and San Juan too yeah. sorry yes uh, Argentinos Juniors and, and San Martín San Juan yeah. and, and Rafaela too Rafaela still need a point Rafaela also, to be absolutely yeah, sure not quite yeah. certain uh, the results between those sides we'll go through all of the results all, all the main results at least now um, it, it was a very uh, boring match Quilmes against um, Godoy Cruz yeah. and I thought that Godoy Cruz deserved a little more uh, but mm-hmm. Castillon just seemed to miss every single chance that he had in front of goal so yeah and Quilmes were just waiting for the draw yeah that's it yeah which, which they got I mean, yeah well done to them the, there you go uh, the, the results that matter in the relegation race are San Martin's 2-0 win over Estudiantes and Argentinos Juniors um, where have they gone they got so it was a one, one nil, nil win against Colón, Colón, didn't they at home? Yeah. Um, which means you, you'll remember that we said last week if both of these sides win both of their remaining mm-hmm. matches, San Martín serve and Argentinos go down. Uh, we also said if both of these sides lose both of their remaining matches, Argentinos stay up and San Martín go down. Mm-hmm. If they draw both of their remaining matches, then they finish level on on points. That can't happen, of course, because they both won one of those matches. So it's very simple. Uh, assuming that Rafaela get the point they need, that's uh-huh. the first thing. So if say. they both win and Rafaela loses, that's when Rafaela gets relegated. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, if Rafaela get one draw, then Rafaela are out of it. So Rafaela are away to Belas. Belas have been fairly disappointing. That's true. Um, all through the Donnell final. So let's assume that Rafaela can get the point that they need. Um, the situation with San Martin and Argentinos is quite simply that uh, if Argentinos get a better result than San Martin, Argentinos stay up. If San Martin lose, then it doesn't matter what Argentinos do, Argentinos stay up. And San Martin um, match the result if it's positive. Exactly, yeah. If, if, if both sides draw, if both sides win, or if Argentinos draw and San Martin win, then San Martin stay up and Argentinos are down. So it's going to be edgy. I think it's fair to say. It also means, of course, that three matches are going to be played at the same time on Sunday. Um, I think it's... No, it's not 3.15. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 3.15 or 3.10 or something. Uh, on Sunday afternoon is River Plate versus San Martín de San Juan. River, of course, out of the title race. Uh, Newells versus Argentinos, with Newells also out of the title race. They've, they've won it already. 
and they might be keeping men back for this entirely very prestigious super final. Mm-hmm. Um, and Menesarsky against Atletico Rafael, which is that would have been such a brilliant like, last weekend if yeah, yeah, it would have would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. As we were sort of hinting out last week, and then we've, we've been left with egg on our faces because Lanús managed mm-hmm. to, to beat River. I mean, yeah, but yeah. what what happened to River? I mean, they they haven't conceded so much goals. Uh, no, I think it's uh, they've considered twenty mm-hmm. all in, in in the entire Cornell. Yeah, five in a single five match. Um, I, I thought it was a, sorry, so they just sixteen and seventeen mm-hmm. games prior to that. I, I thought it was a dreadful match by a lot of the Balanta, for example, had a dreadful I match. Say, it's the first time mm-hmm. we've seen Balanta put Japan sure. foot wrong. That is insane. Um, Four three. Wow. Wow. We're talking about the Confederations Cup here now. Yeah. Oh, offside. Is it fuck? Oh, but it's 4-3 now. Yeah, until he scored a few minutes ago when you were talking. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I thought Balanta had a... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, Balanta had a dreadful match and um, Mercado had a dreadful match and Ponzio had a dreadful match too and it seemed like any pass by the Lanús um, midfields would go straight into a goal opportunity for for Lanús. No, Lanús had something like five shots in the first 20 minutes and four of them went in. But Rivera managed to hold one. He didn't get near anything yeah. else. Um, and it has to be said, I mean, some really nice goals in there as well. Yeah, that's true. Vagioni's equaliser for was River beautiful. seven minutes, arguably the best of the lot. But, uh, yeah, but even they, they actually did score one goal, but in the 45 minutes, I don't think that uh, the Lanús goalkeeper actually got hold of the ball. No, I can't remember. So yeah, River sort of really falling apart. Of course, this leads to loads of people on Twitter and more widely complaining and saying, "Oh, with with Almeida, you know, we hmm. we were never looking like winning the championship, but at least we didn't lose five one or anything." Well, okay, yeah, but it's not actually the first time that a Ramon Diaz Riverside has lost by that scoreline. Yeah, it's true. It, it seems like Ramon Diaz has an really incredibly good. successful mm-hmm. period at the club before as well. But also, speaking as a River fan, Sam, because I think this is something we covered right at the start of the season. Mm. Like if someone said to you back in August, right, this is the season you're going to have, you would have no. taken it. You would have bitten the hand. Yeah, it's not too bad. What, what, what have I been saying all season? I would have been delighted if River had managed to scrape continental qualification as it was. They qualified for the continental competition yeah. really comfortably at the beginning of the torneo final. And they're in great position to qualify for the Libertadores. Exactly. Yeah. At the beginning of the torneo final, when we knew that, that Diaz had had a full pre-season, that he got the players he wanted in, River looked like having a strong squad. And again, I said. Challenging for the title up until somewhere like the last few weeks would be great for River, and they've been in it right up until the second to last week. They could have been in it in the last week if it weren't for one. You know, every every team's going to have a bad game at some point. <laughs> the fact that Rivers has come at this moment of the season is unfortunate. But I don't think it's just a bad game. But it's it's been it's been strange to see how Ramon Diaz hasn't managed to think through the away matches. Yeah, it's been the away form yeah. that's, that's, that's it. Because yeah. at the Monumental they've been great. Yeah. But when they go into the away matches, they, he just plays exactly as if it was a Monumental. And it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. You're playing in the Fortaleza, you're playing in Rafael. Because I think River really played better when they're, when they're either chasing a game or when circumstances dictate that they're required to just sit back a little bit and use the pace on the counter attack. When River are playing at 100 miles an hour, there are, you know, there's a there's a place for sort of patient passing football and nice patterns and Lanús and Lanús when they're playing well, Newell's almost every week are capable of doing this, slowing the pace down and playing nice stuff. River, I think, like to try to, and really most of the time they don't manage to. And what River are good at is getting men down the wings, yeah, playing the pace, um, not 
Route One football, but more direct football yeah. than the others do. Um, that's why I think that um, Silva will be a good, good addition to the, uh, Santiago, to the Silva. Squad. Santiago Silva. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about um, the Boca forward going to River, which isn't isn't the first time that. Yeah, I think it could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ramon Diaz has talked well about Silva. Yeah. Um, I think and I think he would be. He would be. I really like Silva. Uh, I think yeah. he's a great forward, and he's a bit hot-headed, but I think he's. <laughs> but I think he's brilliant. He's very powerful, and I think that's he's one of the players that River would need to actually score the goals that they always. Seem to you know they always seem to do the plays and everything, and then you get Funes Mori absolutely. So this would be a good question actually, probably for you know later in the later in the year when we're doing preview for the Inicial and all that. But at the moment, what do you think is lacking in River yeah, to turn them into turn them from one of these teams that's there or thereabouts, just about short from mm-hmm. the Championship to a team that can actually challenge for the Championship? Uh, I have an answer. Centre forward of something like just against quality who can who can play. Trissiga won't be, won't be yeah. sound beyond... No, and like, I think I'm a pure I mean, centre defender. He's not been lucky with his fitness, either. that's the other point. You can play a... No, but I'm asking, will he be sane? Like, um, will think he so. give it another go? I yeah. think so. He's, he's making the right kind of noises, or he has done since his injury anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I think they really need to get... Uh, I think goals would be the perfect addition to the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. They're, they're, their defenders are... Like, yeah, exactly. He was sent off in, in the last minute in... Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. Didn't see that. I think mm. he was. I'm pretty sure. I might miss the moment. I'm sure. Um, but if you see the the defenders in River, they're, they're very promising, but mostly young. Yeah. And then you have Mercado and Botinelli. Botinelli, I don't think he's a good influence. Sorry, for... sorry. I've got to. I have to apologise. No, mm. uh, Paolo Ross was not sent off, and I agree about Botinelli. Slam. So if you actually get a good central defender, experienced central defender, to teach these boys how to defend. I mean, Gonzalo Pires, Balanta. Then you got the other guy who's playing uh, right wing. Can't remember his name. Yeah, but, oh, left right, wing. Right back or um, uh, no, no. I mean, uh, uh, a young uh, River from the from the youth players. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It's a double double last name. Yeah, yeah. But if you actually get a, an experienced guy who's won a championship, he's played in some big teams. I, I think it could be a good addition. Gold Silva, and then a number five who's actually a serious number, a central midfield, and that's. I think that could be it. The number five might not even be that much of a problem if Siriliano can pick up his form again next season. Or if he's and if he stays, Siriliano and, and if he stays, still young though. Mm-hmm. Is the right thing. Still young though. Yeah. And Poncio has been uh, just a whole this season. Mm. Didn't like his performance at all. Um, and as Santi says, it's the away the away matches that have been the problem with River this season. They're second in the home table. Uh, they've won six, drawn three, and lost none during the torneo final. Uh, they're unbeaten in, in fourteen matches in total at home. Um, they are, however, eighth in the away standings with three wins, two draws, and four defeats, uh, and fifteen of the twenty-one goals that they've conceded in um, in eighteen matches have been. In away games, and five of those have been. It's strange how that translates second in the home standings, eighth in the away standings, still translates to second in the league. Well, exactly, yeah. Whereas Newell's the top of the home standings with seven wins, no draws, and two defeats, um, and they're second in the away standings, yeah. five two two. So you know this this yeah, tells you, and, and really, as, as we say, Lanus dipped off, and, and as Santi mentioned in passing, uh, uh, maybe ten minutes or so ago. Um, Really had a huge dip off in form before Sunday, um, drawing loads of matches, losing a couple. Uh, if we include the the Estudiantes game as having happened, well, having been lost at least before Sunday, uh, before today. Um, 
were able to keep in touch right up until, well, had they managed to turn it around right up until this coming weekend mm-hmm. by virtue of the fact that Newell's were, had, had a couple of games where they just seemed to be throwing it into their own net and, and the River have maybe drawn one or two too many, but more than anything, River have had poor <coughs> away form. If either of those sides could have changed that, the title wrestling yeah. over yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think we could all say that had, had Ramon Diaz been better at managing River in away matches, we could have had that travesty of a result, which would have been a side that weren't Newell's winning the title. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, much as I'm a River fan, it has to be said, <laughs> they've, they've not been the best team in Argentina. But, as Santi says, and as Dan says, if you'd, said, if you'd offered any reasonable River fan this kind of season one year ago, that's true. they'd have grabbed it with both hands. River are re- very, very, very well positioned uh, in the relegation table for next season. They've got 61 points from 37 games so far. They're second in the promedio. Behind, anybody? Who, who, who's going to start next season? Boca. Top of the promedio, you're right, yeah. Thanks to a 76-point season last season. But if Boca still going down in 2015. Boca <laughs> 50, points, 50 points so far from this season, which normally you'd say is the, the uh, sort of minimum requirement. But uh, they're going to be great. They're going to win at the weekend, didn't they, Santa? Yeah, that win was big for Boca, I think. Yeah, they did. Uh, Tell us about it. Uh, I, th- I thought Arsenal deserved to win the match. Um, ah, yeah, uh, there, there were two goals who, which were disallowed for offside um, for Arsenal. Uh, it was at the Bombonera. Uh, there was one goal at the f- uh, first half, which was yeah, he was allowed for at least mid a meter and a half, maybe two meters. He was like yeah. five yards on side at yes. least. Um, I don't know what There yards. was a question about... Yeah, five meters. yards is about two metres. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, yeah. Um, um, there, there, was a, there was a question afterwards about whether the ball before the initial cross came into the box had crossed over the goal line, and I've still yet to see a replay that convinces me either way on that one. Not but bad. the fact is mm-hmm. that what it was disallowed for was offside. Offside, yeah. And it was... In no in, way, yeah, no, no way at all. And when, when they disallow a goal, a goal like that, it's it's a very, it's a massive hit for your you know for your uh, your push to win the game. I mean, it, it was just before the the, the oh, end next, of the hurt. Next thing, the free kick didn't even get taken before the referee blew for half time. Didn't it? Yeah, it was, it was one true. minute into one minute stoppage. Though. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm seeing a, a, a bit of a shady hand in there. I know I'm the compi- conspiracy theorist in this podcast. I'm talking about yeah. it. To make sure Boca didn't finish last That's true. Because, um, of course, um, River doesn't, everyone's saying that River doesn't have the same weight in AFA hmm. as Boca has. And um, as I've said in a couple of weeks before, do you think they still I, do, I do have, have the same the weight in, in the AFA after, you know, after the AFA moved so close to the government and now. Bocas under like a Macalista administration, you think? Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 it's, it's to do with the club, which club directors have which positions at the AFA, and you've now got directors of Colón at Lanús. Yeah. Uh, help me out, all boys. No, not all boys. I can think of Segura, yeah, he's going he in the this season. In fact, yeah, he's been a very long term yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, a, a much smaller, in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Miss, of course, you know, club. with Daniel yeah. Fernandez. Eh, like Precisely, yeah. And, and so River and Boca haven't got the same representation mm-hmm. at, at institutional yeah. level. So, yeah, they have got less, less weight than they have. That's not necessarily a bad thing for the rest of Argentine football. No, no, of course not. No, I'm just saying that like, when Santi comes out and says, you know, it's because of the weight they have at the after, yeah. well, you know. But I think yeah. it's certainly that they, Boca, I would say, still do have more than River do, if only because the, the media conception, obviously. We've talked before yeah. about how the media are biased in enormous fashion towards both of the, the two giants. And mostly to Boca. But probably more towards Boca than no, to no, River. No, probably about it. seem to support Boca. So. 
Yeah. And um, this, uh, I've talked uh, a couple of weeks before about this contact that I have, which is a friend of Basile's. Um, so, friend of something. Yeah, that's true. And um, one of the things that, um, that I've learned from this guy is that he says that it's easier to bribe a linesman than it's to bribe an actual referee because oh, nobody yeah, knows course. the name of this guy. Yeah. So, he can just pull off a ridiculous. Uh, flag like he did for yeah. this uh, match against from Arsenal against Boca and nobody even knows his name uh, he's probably he probably even has another job he's not a full time linesman okay. so you offer this guy money and he'll probably take it yeah. so so what does your friend say about Basile going to Paraguay uh, Basile is retiring He's That's not going to go to no, Paraguay. He's not, he's not directing. Seems it. like a hard thing to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Not, he enjoys the bar at the Bayern University yeah. too much. That's true. From, from what uh, my sources tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen him in there. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the match, going back to the Arsenal and Boca, after that disallowed goal, which was obviously wrongly disallowed and the second half uh, there was this uh, big uh, situation for Arsenal which turned into a counter-attack for Boca it was uh, a goal by Erbiti there was another goal by Arsenal which was disallowed and uh, then that was it basically mm-hmm. there was a very good shot by Riquelme which got uh, Campestrini a bit of a um, you know Vaselina or I don't know the, the English name of it it was beautiful. And we don't have time for that for <laughs> these kind of movies. We just don't do them in English football. <laughs> it's true, right? Like this, you and all these kind of things. There, a lot of the time we use the Spanish or the Portuguese uh-huh. term. Yeah, because there's just no equivalent. Like no one in English football does. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, so, the club is a lollipop. But if you're wrong, yeah. if you're wrong, how about that? But that from Ronaldinho, right? Vaselina is a is a lob. A chip shot, a lob, a lob. Yeah. Okay, so it was a lob shot, which was beautiful by Miguel Man. Mm. Campestrini got it out. Just I, I, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very good save from Campus Green. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked ugly as sin because he tipped it off the crossbar and they sort of scrambled to get mm-hmm. it back. But in fact, it's good goalkeeping considering yeah, how yeah. seemingly impossible it was for him to even reach the ball in the first place to, mm-hmm. to sort of scramble it out the net like that. Yeah. Was and it was a great match for Riquelme too. I haven't seen him in that level since. Yeah. Mm, I did see the match, but I read, um, I read the newspaper Nacional. afterwards mm-hmm. and, they you, and they, everything was about that. Uh, with Riquelme, yeah. that makes all the difference for Boca. Yeah. I, I haven't seen him play like that since Corinthians. Yeah. Mm. If I think that's essentially the problem for, um, for Boca. Like, when they've had Riquelme on the pitch and he's wanted to play and he's been in good position, uh, they've been a different team. The problem is it's happened in f- three or four games this year. Yeah. Three of them in a couple of other it's just, Yeah, it's been too sporadic. And it is the problem with Boca because it, you then find yourself asking... Is it worth it? Is yeah. it worth keeping Riquelme? Yeah, with all the mess that I mean, he brings say, yeah, in the squad, you know. His day. It's well, like, yeah, his day is getting <coughs> further and further apart yeah. and, and less and less frequent. Yeah. Although, do you think, I don't know, just throwing it out there, now, you know, he came into the team for the final without having done a pre-season with, you know, all sorts of shit around him. Do you think now if he actually knuckles down and does a pre-season, we could see, you know, the proper Riquelme come back in, in August? Uh, I don't, no, don't think so. No. No, just getting older and older by the day. saying this kind of thing every six months. He comes into yeah. form just at the end of the championship. You think, oh, next championship, he might yeah. be spectacular. And then the same thing happens again. Yeah. Or he decides to quit for seven months and then, no, actually, I do want to come back. Yeah. I'm still alive. I'm feeling <laughs> so this is the reason. Uh, a while ago, for, um, for one site that, that carries my articles, I did um, an article on the 10 biggest unfulfilled talents in football. 
and I put Rakomi in and I had a couple of Boca fans in the comments saying oh what can you say this you know he's won us five Libertadores he's won us four national you know whatever the numbers are and especially for that no he just always leaves you wanting more yeah that's true for <laughs> such a brilliant player and that's why he's an unfulfilled talent for me he just flat as flat as flat as to receive he could have been the best player in the world but it just true. didn't quite happen that's true. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, other results this weekend were nil nil draw between Tigre and Belgrano. Anybody see that? No. no. Nothing to say about it. No. no. Good. Nothing. Right. Let's move on. San Martin and De San Juan two Estudiantes nil. Argentinos one Colón nil. Independiente nil San Lorenzo one. We've already mentioned all of those games, but just to add in as well that Independiente needed every single one of those games to go exactly the opposite way that <laughs> it did. That's if true. We were going to stay up. Uh, so Independiente really could not have been more relegated. On no, I, I just want to say that yeah, I really want Argentinos to get. Saved for Caruso Lombardi's legend of being the saver of teams who are Especially about to get relegated. Uh, prices in Brazil. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, um, yes, I mean, absolutely. I think Caruso Lombardi. Um, is it what, like the sixth team that he's saved from relegation? The fifth? Oh, no, far more than that, I think. Far more than that, yeah. It's, um, it's certain it's that he's. A, I think he's a brilliant. And, and of course, he always tries to make his own business. But he does get you saved from the relegation zone. Yeah. Re- oh, we'll see, we'll see. He's been relegated once, that was with Kilmes two years ago, and when he came in then... Yeah, he said, we are going to get relegated. relegated. He said this in public as well, yeah. and my job now is to prepare the team yeah. for the second mm-hmm. division. And, um, and they were about to get relegated, and he did a brilliant season, and he only got relegated in the last match. Yeah. In the last match. Although when, San Martin mm-hmm. set up as well, it would be... Fully 100% deserved since um, yeah, Boratelos sure. I think it's six games in a row one, right? Uh, it's not, but they've had some spectacular home form. I'm just bringing the screen up now, so I'll tell you in a second. Uh, they've got four consecutive wins. Um, <coughs> and of their last one, two, three, four, five, six. Of the last ten games, uh, they've got seven wins. Sorry, in the last 11 games, they've got seven wins, two draws, and two defeats. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. The championship winning form. Really. Yeah, yeah, and, and exactly. both, both, of the, both of the defeats were away. Uh, they've, they've won their last seven in a row. Sorry, uh, they've won their last six in a row at home. If I'm counting that correct. Yeah. Well, if there was any justice in Argentine football, it would be Argentina sort of going down. If we look at it over the calendar, well, not the calendar year, but the European calendar season, yeah. they'd be absolutely dead and buried, right? Uh, the European calendar season has the bottom three. <laughs> the bottom three are Union, bottom. Yeah. Argentinos Juniors, second bottom. Yeah. Independiente, third bottom. Yeah. So, so if, if Argentinos go down the relegation system, system, Independiente would still be relegated. Yeah. Um, and San Martín? Uh, San Martín are 10th. Yeah. This, is, this doesn't include the teams that have already qualified for the Copa Libertadores, but I suspect San Martín are still going to be. Sorry, for the, who were in this year's Copa Libertadores, because yeah. this is the Sudamericana qualification table for this year, I'm looking at in fact. Yeah, they'd be uh, no lower than 11th for us. No, exactly, because Vélez and Boca are both at horrible second halves of the season, yeah. for instance. Um, so, yes, no, San Martín would be completely deserved. Um, yeah. And it would be great for Facundo Saba as well, who's not managing San Martín, is he? Why did I say that? No, but he, he saved them one year and then he got kind of unfairly kicked out. He's now managing the Union. Yes, you're right, yeah. And he's been relegated. And couldn't quite save them, but he had some entertainment in the way. Indeed. Oh, Forestella, of course. Forestella, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, and we get to keep the classical Cushano for another season as well. Classical Cushano. 
Yeah. Okay. So you're saying Quilmes against Arsenal is not a classico, but you're talking about the classico Gushano. Yeah, they got a Cruz. San Martin is a classico. Oh, come on. Yeah. It's the closest thing collectors have to classico. Yeah, San Martin have a classico. Got a Cruz against Independiente de Rivadavia, which are in the second division. That's the Independiente are the bigger club in that rivalry. Yeah, that's well, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we'll carry on. Union, uh, who we've just mentioned, drew 1 1 with Venezuela. Got a very, very early goal from. A very, very early golazo as well from Pablo Mani. Uh, really, really nice. I didn't see it until uh, yesterday, but it was really nice. Team moved down the left-hand side of the pitch in a very close range finish. Um, but they had to settle for a draw because the Venezuelan equaliser through Lucas Prato. Uh, all boys lost one nil at home to Racing with Luciano Vieto scoring a fantastic header. That was a beauty. And the really? cross from Centurion as well. Ricardo Centurion yeah. was touch- off his wrong foot as well. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely a, brilliant. Brilliant. And, and nobody yeah. apart from Dan paid any attention at all to that game because it took place <laughs> at the same time as the Newell's old boys game. They should have been. got Rafaela. Um, <laughs> and then we've already mentioned Boca Arsenal, Los River, and Quilmes Godoy Cruz. So that's all of the results from the weekend. It's gone. We've done this in a mere. 35, 40-ish minutes. Um, so I'm not... No, no, <laughs> once I've remembered how to speak. Delaying us with your stuttering. Uh, yes, indeed. Now I'm now going to play some incidental music and we'll, we'll come back and we will answer some of your questions. now but which we're not going to answer now uh, sorry um, is Doug Hart who sent it in by email and he says love hand of pod good we're glad you do thank you very much and he says question we love you name- too yes yes we do we love all of our listeners equally um, the question is name your best 11 of the Donnell final um, and hopefully the non-big five clubs will have some players represented oh, definitely. I'm going to answer this in two parts the first is that uh, with the Donnell final final weekend coming up this weekend we'll, we'll probably do exactly that but next week when we're reviewing the entire Donnell final uh, properly as it were and the second is that I think I suspect that a lot of non-Big 5 clubs are going to be very well well I can think of one Big 5 club in particular who are going to be very well represented in terms of the best 11 from the Donnell I really have my best 11 Campechini Damian Pérez I can think of a couple of Big 5 clubs in particular who definitely aren't going to have any representation whatsoever yes. as well because um, they were not very good I'm delighted to say um, so that's the first one we sort of dealt with if not answered just yet Doug just hang on for another week and we'll sort it out for you um, other questions now via Twitter Rob Solomon uh, I think somebody else asked us a similar question a couple of weeks ago or I seem to remember us answering a similar question anyway but we'll, we'll briefly go over it again uh, how is the manager Cholo Simeone viewed in Argentina and how much attention of his achievements with Atletico received it's funny it's a funny situation yeah. I, I don't think you were here when we answered this one no, no so yeah you, from, from an Argentine point of view you can give us a problem. I think I already answered it from a Racing point of view right? yeah definitely um, it's funny because um, he's he was seen as a young manager, successful young manager, and then he got reverted to the last, very last um, position of the, um, I think it was the Torneo Mundial or something. After taking him to the championship, it was, yeah, yeah, true. The Torneo Apertura 2008, after having won the Torneo Clausura 2008. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he did, he, he won a couple of championships, but after, after that big... Um, last position in the tournament as I've said a few times he developed a habit of starting off at clubs really really well and, and then, then not following it up at all yeah, and tanking 
Um, yeah, that's true. Didn't quite or leaving. Well, he started, well, he started off pretty well, got a second in the league, and just. But he started yeah. really bad, and then he got to a, a nice form, didn't he? I mean, he, yeah, he lost more, a couple yeah, games in a row. The thing is that that's. That's no, they started. That season they started really well. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like three wins in the draw set. But with the Estudiantes, he started off really well, and he yeah. turned out to be pretty shit. Yeah. And I then think the biggest criticism for me is with uh, Simeone here. I don't know how you know. I haven't watched a massive amount of Atletico, but I don't know. I don't think it applies. But he's seen as quite um, quite a conservative coach. Mm. Like he plays, you know, he tries to put in kind of European tactics and he always, you know, he plays patiently, he plays a 4 2 3 1, he likes to wait, he likes to counter attack. That doesn't often go down very well here. Yeah. People like to kid themselves that we're still playing La Nuitra and that's yeah. you know, like fluid, beautiful football every week, which is absolutely bullshit. In spite of the fact that Ramon Diaz plays something very close to a 4 2 3 1. Uh, for River over the last few matches, and people say, "Oh, yes, it's nice to see River, you know, really attacking." I mean, yeah, they, except they, they call it a four-two-one-three. Yeah, like, well, it's the same formation. <laughs> yeah, it's quite yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. When Ramon Diaz does it, it's fine. When Simeone does it, no, it's really yeah. defensive. Yeah. You put two defensive midfielders in it. Yeah. Well, the last place in River was a big mark for him in in Argentinian fans' point of view, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. even if he won, I think. Two championships, one with Estudiantes and one with oh, River. Yeah, yeah. The last uh, last position in that River tournament, and River weren't even playing for anything else. Because if Boca were to uh, be the last team this season, well, at least they were playing the Libertadores. But River were playing for nothing else, and yeah. they still managed to get the last uh, position. And most people just remember that, and they don't remember the excellent um, Estudiantes campaign. They mostly say that was because of Verón. Mm. And the River uh, Championship, most people will say, ah, yeah, but that was kind of like a throwback tournament, yeah. you know? But a lot of people have been marked now since he, since he went to Atletico and he stands so well there. A lot of people have been marked as the next Argentina manager. The That's next? The mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's correct. Yeah. He has That's to be Martino. Argentina manager, I think he's nailed on if he's the next one. No, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next one. Well, if he's fit, he has to be Martino. He has to be. If Sabella doesn't manage to win Brazil, it has to be Martino. It's... For we'll me, see, it's, we'll it's, 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 it's going to be between Simeone and Maradina. Anyway, next question is um, perhaps not the politest one we've ever had. It's from somebody who professes to never listen to us. Um, but it does allow me to, uh, to, to make another appeal. So, so we're going to read it out. Um, he says, why won't you buy a decent microphone? I would love to listen, but the audio is so, so poor. Well, basically it's because... <laughs> Now, whilst, as we say, uh, he's, he might have put this point across uh, in, in a manner that might lead some people who weren't me to possibly call him a bit of an asshole. Um, this person does have a little bit of a point, and, and indeed, we realise that the audio on Hand of Pod is not always 100% perfect, which is why, as we have in the past, um, I'm not going to make another appeal, but just remind people that if you do want to, um, then any donations towards a microphone fund, or indeed a Fernet fund... Yeah, the uh, Fernet fund's running a bit like... So the Fernet fund has got about one and a half bottles left in it now, after, after we finish off the one we bought today. Um, and we don't make any money from this podcast so if you feel that the sound quality is a big enough issue to you that you really want us to do it better then please you can paypal um, money to sam at astelgolcempre.com and then just zip me an email at the same address and tell me 
what you prefer me to spend it on, whether it's Fernet or whether it's uh, a microphone, yeah. and I will make sure that it goes to the right place. Um, yeah, something like $30 would do, $40. Well, precisely, yeah. I mean, the, the most recent, the reason that we're, we've been drinking donated Fernet for the last uh, couple of months now is that Dale Seymour, who we mentioned ages ago, uh, donated $50 to the Fernet Fund, Fund, which is enough to buy about for 15 bottles of yeah. Fernet. Half a year. Well, half years. It's um, many surprising yeah. So thank you very much That's indeed, Dale. Day. Thank you very Dale. much indeed, Dale. If anybody would like us to buy another mic- a new microphone, then, then I mean, I'd love to be able to, but we can't afford to. Or a recording studio would be fantastic. Though. Indeed, yes. <laughs> Why not shit out for that? So somewhere that we can, uh, that we don't have a dog running in every. I won't say ten minutes. Actually, it's been very good today. But anyway, there we go. Mm. Um, so that's a little rant over. Now uh, we've had a question from somebody called Joel Richards. Who? Who? Anyone? Nah, doesn't ring a bell. He says, when will Santi Leaks address Arsenal's continental success? Oh, continental success. I, th- I thought that was... Because um, when, when Arsenal, when Arsenal uh, are playing the Libertadores, they actually get pretty screwed by the, the referees. Uh, you're laughing, but did you see the, the last Libertadores? I mean, there, there were a couple of disallowed goals, there were yeah, some yeah. red cows which shouldn't have been. Just like playing uh, the ball there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think they were up in that... Um, in that group against Sao Paulo and Atletico Menedo, it's always going to be hard to get out of that. Yeah, that's true. But when um, in the match against the strongest, if if we had won that one, the first match uh, in Bolivia, if we had won that one, or maybe even tied it. Yeah, but it's not like a really particularly dodgy decision. It was just a team that was visibly absolutely fucking knackered in the last twenty minutes. I mean, you kept it tight. There was only one goal in it. With like, I guess, I guess, guess uh, strongest. But we had a disallowed goal in the last, uh, the la- very last play of the of the match, which was cl- clearly allowed. Uh-huh. He was clearly but not in offside. What was the score by that point? It was two one, I believe. Really, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The strongest got two late on, didn't they? No, no, no. In Bolivia, not not in. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I mean. It was two one, and the last, the very last play, uh, strongest tried to pull the offside trap. And there was this one strongest defender who probably didn't get the message that they weren't going to do the offside track. And um, you know the. Uh, sorry, I had an image of yeah. for some reason. I, I remember watching it, and thinking that Arsenal's legs just went. Which obviously, when you're playing in La Paz, it's nothing unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, legs on it again, and I didn't mm-hmm. remember the score. I thought I thought the strongest had won by two or three goals. And, and then when in Brazil, there, there's policemen pointing. Um, uh, shotguns yeah, at your players, and then you, you're saying maybe Arsenal doesn't have the same weight in Conmebol as they do in AFA. Yeah. When you uh, have policemen, you know, clubs generally when they play in Brazil just don't get great security. Yeah, it's true. Kind of it's true. But it's, it's, it's yeah, I mean, our co- he, he's talking about continental success. I mean, yeah. it's only one championship, and it was five years ago. The Sudamericana, mm. and in that championship, I don't remember. Any dodgy decisions or any strange? Not, not, not a single one. No. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> if you do remember, please uh, tweet us, and I will probably not ignore your tweets. <laughs> uh, the inside left follows up last week's request, which we did read out with another one. So please, somebody at least get in touch with them this time. Um, he reminds us again. I was uh, going to ask you what that site was. That's something I. Meant to do all week, but I forgot. Oh, there you go. So that's one for you in the inside left, if you're listening. Uh, I don't think he is, because he asked us whether we did read it out last week, which suggests that they didn't have anybody communicate with them. He says, we're an English-speaking writer-slash-fans blog. Um, sorry, I misread that spectacularly. <laughs> we are after English-speaking writers-slash-fans who might want to write a piece about them and their club in Argentina. For the one love... So I'm going to write this down. Go for it. Inside left. 
the inside left, the email address is theinsideleft.com. Uh, and you yeah. can write to the writers at theinsideleft.com. Let's uh, finish that, I'll read the same stuff again. Excellent. Cool. Um, he says, uh, we're after English-speaking writers slash fans who might want to write a piece about them and their club in Argentina for the One Love section on theinsideleft.com, a page for writers and supporters to tell us their unique fan stories. Any interested writers, please tweet us. Their Twitter handle is theinsidelefty, with a Y at the end, um, or email writers at theinsideleft.com. The, in, the, the Twitter handle's got a Y on the end, the website address is not. Um, so please get in touch because we thought we were going to find. With, there were at least two uh, regular listeners who've already received tweets from the handle pod account since this person tweeted me, uh, who I assumed were going to get in touch and who clearly haven't done. Uh, Soul Twin Jeff says, What surprised you most about fan culture in Argentina since you moved there? What's. Again? I don't think it applies to you so much, Santi. Uh, what surprised us, me and Dan, most about fan culture in Argentina since. What surprised? In comparison with our own country. For me personally, I would say that the biggest shock was finding that you can't sort of just go to the pub and watch a game in Argentina <laughs> because nobody else will be doing it with you. They sit around in cafes drinking, but there's not the same sort of go to the pub for a couple of pints and watch no. the game in, in a crowd of people who are also watching the game. Uh, as, as exists in, say, England, where, where we're from. That, that's, that's probably the biggest. But then, of course, I really. That was something that I adjusted to when I lived here, but I already knew about a lot of the other stuff. I've been coming on holiday before, mm. in terms of the terraces and the, the, what it's like going to the stadiums. Don't can you think of anything? I think the thing that impressed me most then is possibly the reason I'm a Racing fan to this day from, you know, from that first game I went to back in 2009, which was an away game against Argentinos Juniors. And now we talk about Racing, you know, they've got a lot of really good young kids they had um, Shiu and Theo they've had some really good players pass through back when I started watching them they were absolutely disgusting just a vile vile team people like uh, Falcon Wagner uh, Gonzalo Garcia Caballero was that the season where they almost got relegated it was the season afterwards in 2009 it was uh, Apertura Yeah. and yeah so I went to this game not knowing anything about racing I've been in Argentina probably about a month or a couple of months and yeah, went into the visitors' end of um, La Partonal uh, with a few friends who kind of just kidnapped me basically from the streets and said, "Right, you're going to this game." <laughs> and it was an awful performance from Racing. It was a two-nil defeat, never in question that they were going to lose. And still, I'm staying on this terrace, and people are just going absolutely, you know, just singing the whole way through, and like never stopped. And I was like, you know, if this is what they do when they're losing. <laughs> And I think that's something I don't know if it's unique, unique to Argentine football or unique South to Racing, America. but it's something you know. Just getting behind the team, even in the worst moments. It was even you know, you don't. You even I would go as far to say you don't get that in Racing now because the expectations are high, and people think right, you're not going to go to Argentina and lose two 0 But even then, they just everyone knew they had an absolutely diabolical team that they were probably going to lose, but still we're going to get behind and. Again, and shout we go same. we go back now to Independiente's uh, relegation on Saturday when one of the most vocal and one of the most audible chants watching on the television on Saturday afternoon was the home fan chanting "Vamos, vamos los pibes, vamos, vamos los pibes," yeah, giving true. support yeah. to the young kids, the pibes, the kids um, <coughs> who who they knew at least were giving it their all to in a completely hopeless situation. Um, you know, when it's going well 
or yeah. rather when, when the fans are going are doing well <laughs> they are fantastic to watch you know we, we, we complain a lot about the Barra Brava and so on but the atmosphere in Argentine stadiums when you get lucky um, can be fantastic no more than anything it's good mm. it's when yeah. you get unlucky yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's true 90% yeah. Yeah. Um, of the time you're going to have a fantastic experience as we know from all the people we've taken on tours and everything the, po- the feedback's always been top drawer right yeah uh, Howard uh, asks the kind of the, the reverse question in, 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 in a way is there anything that Argentines find odd about English football something uh, about the there's two sides of that question about the game itself I would say it's it's funny how it's it's a lot less physical in my opinion it's it's a lot English more football is less physical than yeah football. yeah I think I think so it's it's mm, more of a passing it's physical but in a different way like, you think yeah just uh, I think it's more central I know, I know, you know, know like Argentines who will respond to English people or, or to Anglo's saying oh you dirty Latinos by saying yeah but look at some of the challenges you get away with in your league it's well yeah that's true but. Um, I mean, uh, in the game itself, I mean, I, I, when I see English football, um mostly surprised by how they just grab the ball, look, and pass it. Mm. And that's it. And in Argentine football, you'll get most players who will grab the ball and just carry it on for a long way, and then maybe decide to pass it or not. They may decide to dribble, and even if he's not the, the really uh, skillful player who's going to do it. And um, I think it's more passing based yeah. than Argentinian football so in, in in that matter yeah and, in and it's a lot quicker from the, as well yeah that's true mm-hmm. yeah that's true no, that but it's true. mostly because of that because English players just grab the ball and pass it yeah. and an Argentine player will grab the yeah. ball and carry it on and carry it on I think it's a point on. actually that I heard first from uh, Rupert Fryer because he loves that we mention him on the pod every time <laughs> he complains what we've done so. yeah exactly and he made the point he came out what was it 2010 and he went a couple of times with me to Racing he also went to quite a few other less significant games and he said to me like what he thought was the biggest difference between English football and Argentine football was in say goal kicks or when the keeper has the ball in his hands pass it out to the fullback and short distribution no 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 short distribution as well yeah that's fine but that occasionally happens in England but when the fullback gets the ball there's no one there immediately charging to uh, okay. to pressure him into playing it long. He's got yeah. time to take out and play to the midfield and stuff. And he said that for for him it's like the fundamental difference between the two styles. Yeah. In just that one, I know, I know that one snapshot. I'm fairly sure if Jonathan Wilson were here, he'd agree with that as well because he's said many many times he's made points about how the, the complete lack of high pressing. Uh, in Argentine football, you think you know? Oh, it counts. could have been worse, actually. But I'm going to give it to uh, Fra. Oh no, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if it was Rupert. I mean, when you think like Angel Capa's River Plate had a reputation for being a high pressing side, and if you watch them in yeah, the context true. of being yeah. a European fan, you were like, what? Yeah, <laughs> they getting nowhere near the opponents until they reached the 18 yard box. Um, I mean, Newell's really now are the only side who I think are genuinely high pressing in Argentine football. That's one of the reasons that they seem like such a. <laughs> Totally new experience. Um, but anyway, sorry. Sunday yeah. off the pitch. So off the pitch. Like the main difference that, that I see off the pitch is um, from people who have seen English football, who I know, is that they told me. I don't know. You may tell me this, if this is right or not. That the away fans and the home fans are in the same <laughs> in the same place. Segregation isn't quite as thorough. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, I, I've never been to a Premier League match or anything. I've never been to Europe, uh, but. People who I've seen, the thing that they tell me the most is, I couldn't believe it how 
I was going to a home game, for example, for Man U, and I was with the Man U crowd, and next to me was this guy from the away team. And maybe the away team were winning, and this guy was like, yeah, go! And, really? and the, the well, home team was like, just watching yeah. this guy, and like, okay, like... Yeah, I used to work, when I was at university, I worked security at Old Trafford, and I saw people getting chucked out for precisely that uh-huh. um, in the home end. But at the same time, if they did the same thing in Argentina, yeah. they get half killed. Yeah. I mean, literally, I went to, I remember going to Bella Southfield against Boca Juniors in 2000, and I think it would have been the 2011 Apertura. We saw a guy who'd, who'd gone into the popular, Alex Scherzer. It had clearly gone up to the, the back of the popular or, or the middle of it or whatever and then because tickets were fairly scarce to get especially in the away end for this game I can't remember what was happening but there was some big security measure oh one of the Boca batters had, had killed somebody or something so the police were really cracking down on who they left into the away someone got killed somewhere so he'd gone into the Veles he'd gone into the Veles popular and then taken off the Veles shirt he was wearing he had a Boca shirt on underneath it and the first that we knew about it in the plateau was suddenly everybody's looking round and this guy's just rolling down the terrace getting the shit kicked out of him yeah. with blood just covering his face and then the police piled in and gave him a few kicks as well before they then bundled him out and <laughs> got everybody else off him. Um, you, that, that wouldn't happen in England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. I, I had this guy who's traveled to England now, and he's uh, he, he follows the Queen's Park Rangers. And what, what's the classic? Oh, bloody hell, many Argentines. He's a friend of Sebastian, that's okay. why. Uh, <laughs> um, so, what's the classical for the Queen's Park Rangers? Is it Everton or no, uh, Crystal Palace? Crystal Palace. Okay. Crystal Palace. So he was going to Crystal Palace no, against, sorry, Ever- uh, against Crystal Palace uh, is Burton's. Classical. Oh, you're right. Sorry, yeah, you need to have seven of this already. Could be Chelsea or be Fulham or Brentford. Fulham. Or Palace, but, yeah. but I hear them talking badly about Palace as well. So I well, think. everyone talks badly about Palace. That's true. That, it was probably that Fulham. Everyone. I think it was Fulham. So it was Fulham against the Queen's Park Rangers, and he was going in the two uh, with, with his Queen's Park Rangers shirt or jersey. Mm. And there were some Fulham fans in front of him. And I think it was okay. That was the first thing that he told me. Like, not about the game, not about the stadium itself but I was going in the tube with the shirt on and there were some fans in front of me with the opposite team's shirt on and everything was okay that's the first thing that um, surprises Argentinian fans when they go into a Premier League or an English match I think we can say like Mm -hmm. just in a word of defence about Argentine stadiums um, Sam can attest to this as well it wasn't a club game but in the national team in the national level we had um, Argentina against Colombia. The oh, well, that, but that was a strange match, though, because uh, when no, I was no, I was there though. Yeah, I was there. It was mixed. mixed. Yeah, but mixed. we were at the and popular. It was, really, it was, was like a band to go and forth. It was like yeah, everyone, yeah. They were singing at each other. That's never never threatened to get. Yeah, out of hand. No. but there's two things about that. First, we were at the popular, and we were like, "Whoa, that's mixed." Seriously, what the hell happened? And second thing is, people who go to the national squad are very different oh, like the audience oh, yeah. from the national squad are so insanely team. different still, insanely different to yeah. the people who go and see the, their own club the same thing happened for the Venezuela game as well there were lots of Venezuelans mm-hmm. well not lots because there aren't as many Venezuelans living mm-hmm. in Buenos Aires but there were a few Venezuelans in Venezuela mm-hmm. shirts in, in yeah. Belgrano Alto yeah. as well during mm-hmm. the Venezuela game yeah well, but when um, you're talking about I mean, the yeah, Colombia's a bigger game like, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and there are far more Colombians living in Buenos Aires than yeah. Venezuelans but the, the reason that happens is because the, the website that you buy the tickets from doesn't allow you to buy tickets in the away stand if you log in and you're in Argentina. 
Mm-hmm. You can only buy away tickets if you log into their website from Colombia, which is strange, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but it, still, I thought it was just um, a brilliant thing to see in Argentina. But like, yes, but, yeah, yeah, so but it's strange. It is strange. The atmosphere is mm-hmm. nowhere near as fun as it is. That's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was telling you. It's really nice at the time. You can be sitting with Colombia on one side and an Argentine on the other, and they're just taking the piss out whichever left. Precisely. Yeah. Except during the second half, the guy sat down in front of me who seemed to be the only person in the entire stadium who was taking exception to the fact there were Colombians in the home end. Like every two minutes, he was standing up and shouting, "Colombia, suck my cock!" <laughs> no, that was it was banter. Colombia, your grandmother's pussy and all this stuff. And he was like, nah, it was <laughs> that was just part of the banter, like you know. No, I don't think it was. He seemed say. genuinely angry. Yeah. Being very I think he was more angry. angry I think he was more angry at the fact that. I remember that guy. I think it's just more angry at the fact that Colombia were out singing Argentina. Uh, yeah, it was true. Yeah, yeah, anyway, it was true. right. Mm-hmm. We've got more questions and we're starting to get a bit out of hand here. So here we go. Chris <laughs> Hartley says, I still want to know why Red Stripe don't sponsor River, but um, on a serious note, how's Independiente's has relegation gone down? Chris, hopefully we've answered that one for you already, um, earlier in the podcast. Um, Luis Pesone, Led Pro Granata. Mm-hmm. There you go, he has got in touch after all. Felicidade, Luis. That 2004 title seems a long time ago. Having had a pod around now makes it even better. Thank you, Luis. We're glad you like it. Congratulations, Luis. Uh, he says, New Orleans Cafe on. Congratulations to you and indeed to Leopard Dave as well, who's a regular listener. That's not a question, Luis. No, it's not. Just but I thought I'd really sure. uh, <laughs> Nonji uh, hashtag CFC says. CFK? CFC. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I'm assuming it means uh, Chelsea, but I'm not sure. Uh, he says, tell us what Boca and River need to do to return to their glory days, and what does the league need as well? Um, well we touched on that with River. I think Boca, well, yeah, exactly. River uh, and Boca, I guess, as well. Again, um, Boca needs to clear out an awful lot of deadwood, yes. which I think is what happened with River two years ago when they went yeah. down. What very well could happen with Independiente now, if, which I think you know, was always the plan right as well. When, be the first yeah. step towards something better. And I think that was always the plan when they brought in Bianchi, right? Because mm. I remember you guys shouting me down a few times when I when I, you know, dead um, dead to think that Bianchi could be out at the end of the season. Kind of, you, you managed, oh, yeah, to, no you managed so. to more or less convince me that you know Banshee came to play the Copa and then in uh, in the winter, in the British summer, he's going to complete. Yeah, it's definitely winter now. <laughs> um, he's just going to grab the team, you know, bring in twenty new players, kick out twenty, and make the team his own. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so, interesting to see yeah. what Newell's doing in the next month or so. Uh, sorry, to see what Bok are doing in the next month or so. It's going to be interesting to see what Newell's doing in the next month. Definitely, or so as well, yeah. more well. interesting to be honest, um, rather than all that rumour shit. But yeah, I, I, I think, think really uh, what, what Bok need is to get relegated. <laughs> yes, like start. In come on. Let's, let's not be. Um, let's not I think be it's sub- 2014. Let's so not be subjective. Right? Well, I prefer that. Um, yeah, I, I think if um, if we finally turn over to the long championships, that could yeah, be a start. So we're now moving on to the second part of the question: What does the league need? Long championships. I'd like to see more importantly. I think it's a, a proper relegation system. Yeah, I'd I like think to see the promoters yeah. out. Yeah, I'd rather see a proper relegation system come in than a long championship. I think the short championships, you know, they've got the advantages, they've got the disadvantages, but they're they're exciting, you know. It's exciting to have two champions a year. You can't deny it. You had a lot of championships which are won by teams who just got like a streak of 10 good games and that's it. And they win the championship. Argentinos, Banfield. But then the problem would be, you know, looking at it from the other side, if a team, say in the Inicial, they put 10 wins together and they were leading then European yeah, sure. clubs come in in January and take all their players and they'd have nothing to show for it the European team would come in for all their best players in January and that would be it they, they wouldn't challenge for the second half 
So I think, you know, given the current economic realities of Argentine football and how the players are so kind of susceptible, I mean, even players like uh, Vieto, who said, you know, he's committed his more or less medium term future, say, or short term in kind of European terms because <laughs> medium yeah. term here is six months or twelve months yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's he's already said you know he, he wants to move to Europe so if he has a brilliant season uh, in the Inicial in uh, Racing uh, Champions mm-hmm. he's gone Centurion's gone yeah. one, one other gone. thing one other thing that I wonder whether it would make a difference is if they started playing the Copa Sudamericana and the Copa Libertadores tiered in the way that they are in Europe with the Sudamericana definitely second most important and played both of them through the whole season currently whether that would because at the moment the Libertadores is as many games as the Champions League it's actually one more if you reach the final because the final's double le- uh, two-legged as well mm. with more travelling involved over half of the length of time and as a result it distorts the Torneo Final mm. to such a huge extent that as we say if Newell's managed to win the Libertadores this year having just won the final it will be historic it will be the first time any side's managed to win the Championship in the first half of the year and the Libertadores in the same sort of term yeah. um, I wouldn't be I'd like to see what, what how much of an effect that might have if the Libertadores group stages were played during the Inicial and Mexican team in the Libertadores or even if the, you know, yeah. if the Libertadores is played through the year with the group stage during the, the is there, um, I think Mexican teams in the Libertadores are also a huge yeah. drawback because it's a very long yeah. trip it's, 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 it's insanely yeah. it's insanely yeah. but is there an historic time. reason why the Libertadores was always played over six months and not twelve no it's not always been. it used to be uh, I was looking up some old ones for uh, oh, an historic yeah. reason why it changed let's say then no I have no idea wouldn't yeah. be able to say, but uh, um, I, I think the, 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 the Mexican teams should definitely be out of the of the Liberty. That's it's, it's an insane it's a whole long market. Yeah, I mean the team. Yeah, yeah, I know. If anything, Still, I mean they're from the Gulf Coast. Allowing MLS teams, in, that would be a disaster. And it's Canadian teams there. Yeah. Canadian teams. And there's another thing I think um, in the last uh, in the last maybe ten years, um, the River and Boca have obviously fallen from their best years and I think it has a bit to do also with the rise of the internet and it's a bit of a strange connection here but when you have so much information about these teams I mean the the Argentinian media is so so centered on River and Boca and now that you have media online media being all over these teams every single day of the week then it's it's a huge pressure for them and any player who plays for Boca or River is cons- constantly under, you know, uh, under siege from the media. They have to be constantly answering to the media. If they come into one single practice when they're late, then everyone knows about it. Yeah. And um, River and Boca have a very hard time from that. And I, I think that that also has, has some relation. Of course, we can't turn the internet back. But I think that's, I think that's and at, yeah. at the same time, as that's been happening, you have European scouts now suddenly thinking, "How if we buy this guy direct from Banfield rather than letting River buy him first, then we play less, we play less for exactly. We get to yeah. control more of his development ourselves from a younger age." I think yeah. that more than anything has been the biggest difference in uh, you know the biggest thing to hit Argentina football: the fact that the River and Boca are just cherry picking the rest of the league first of all. Exactly, yeah, yeah that clubs are coming in to buy players from Banfield. From straight mm-hmm. Lanús yeah. from Vélez Lopez is going straight from Arsenal to Portugal yeah yeah he's to, not going to play for Boca no, 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 no he's not mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah this is a biggest difference so but in some way in answer to, to the question uh, River and Boca aren't, potentially won't get the same degree of um, supremacy as it were over the others as they've had previously I'm sure they'll you know, both at some point or, or another be the dominant side it's not like the Super Classico is going to suddenly stop becoming the Super Classico um, but 
yeah, it, it's going to be a big change for Argentine yeah. football. And, uh, and in some ways, that could actually lead to the second part of your question. Uh, it could lead to a, a, an improved league if it's managed properly over time. Yeah. Grandona stepping down in 2015 is going to be big thing. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're, we're not sure about what sure it's going to do, but it's, it's going to be big. Yeah. Not sure what it's going to be. Uh, Luis Bessone again. I think Luis Bessone has potentially been drinking a bit because he's, <laughs> he's tweeted us again and again with not a question. So thank you, boys, for this podcast. I enjoy it immensely. Always look forward to it more than you would all know. Gracias. Newell's campeón. Nice. Thank you very much. Congrats again, Luis. The final question for the day is from Alex Dinoya who says what's going on with the AFA changing relegation rules names of tournaments adding the super champion any explanation given we kind of dealt with it at the start of the season yeah, um, just in short like the relegation stuff makes ever so slightly more sense now they've got rid of the, the playoffs um, but apart from that nothing's really changed an awful lot uh, the super champion stuff as we mentioned at the start of the episode is bloody ridiculous if they're actually going to allow them to to call themselves the champions of Argentina well, we're going to see how let's give it a chance let's let it happen for the first season before <laughs> passing judgement you know well, exactly yeah we'll see how it's accepted next season um, in, in, if, if Venice win the Super Final are they going to be referred to by TV commentators and whatnot as the champions of Argentina during the Iniciano will that still be Newell's we'll have to wait and see I mean Newell's will be the champions Venice will be the super champions but <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll who knows yeah. They'll have the directions from the AFA, at least because it's all clear at Bundesliga, so Indeed. I'm not exactly what to call This is Mystic Sam's theme music, everybody, for the last time this season. Predictions for this weekend, these are not the order that they're going to be played in because I wrote the predictions up before um, the fixtures have been decided earlier today. Uh, Newell's Old Boys versus Argentinos Juniors, home win. Arsenal de Sarandí versus Old Boys, I uh, think, is going to also be a home win. Arsenal's recent slot. Santiago celebrating, I was going to need something. Um, and then we've got Rafaela to get a draw away to Vélez Sarsfield and therefore secure their place in the Primera for next season. Estudiantes versus Belgrano, I think they're going to cancel each other out. Both of those sides have got, like, between them, they've got something like 11 clean sheets in the last 12 rounds or something stupid like that. Um, sorry, uh, in the last 8 rounds or something. Uh, Godoy Cruz versus Pocket Juniors, home win. Yeah, um, Colón versus Independiente, draw. San Lorenzo versus Lanús, home win. Sorry, Lanús fans, but since you're not in the title race anymore. San Lorenzo have got the chance to finish second in the table if they win that and the other results go the right way. Racing versus Union, I think, is going to be. Dan, sorry, Racing win. It's got to be a ra- Racing win. Uh, sure. Which would make it three wins in a row at the end of the championship when you haven't managed to put together two wins in a row until this weekend just gone. Uh, River Plate versus San Martín de San Juan, draw. So that would mean San Martín staying there. It would mean Primera. it would mean San Martín staying up, yeah, because I predicted a uh, an Argentina lost to Western Uh Tigre versus Quilmes. Quilmes win. There you go. Quilmes are unbeaten in about five games, I think. Something. Um, lot for this weekend. We'll, we're going to sign off now with the knowledge that San Lorenzo have gone through in the Copa Argentina whilst we've been recording. Uh, they beat Alberto Rafaela. But the Copa Argentina is going to be won by Gimnasia de Concepción del Uruguay. It's going to be Talleres. 
said it a couple of weeks before. No, it's going to be the concession de nuevo. Anyway, um, Boca is down right now. It looks, it looks very much like San Lorenzo might be the only big five side left in the quarterfinals because Boca Juniors are currently losing 2-0 to all boys in... Anyone know which frame played? This Where is, is in Catamarca, Catamarca, I think. Yeah. Catamarca, okay, in Catamarca. Um, with... 10 minutes played in the second half, so 35 minutes for Boca to turn this one around. No, no, no doubt they'll manage to get it to penalties somehow. But we're going to leave you now. Thank you for listening for another week. We hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks we hope that you found the sound quality to your pleasing, uh, to your satisfaction. If you don't, then, then I've already told you how you can <laughs> help to change that. And we'll be back next week to review the Cornell final overall with a more sort of relaxed perspective because we won't have just had a team crowned champions we won't have just had one of the biggest sides on the continent go get relegated um, so for now it's goodbye from Dance Vibes Dance Vibes you're not going to read Dance Vibes you're quite right yeah apparently Australian Dan has sent us a poem which is uh, uh, donated <laughs> he's dedicated to Independiente oh I see right Dan has dedicated his donation of this poem to Independiente it's actually been written by someone else yes. uh, a gentleman called Robert Frost who you may or may not have heard of uh, it's called Fire and Ice here we go this is sorry uh, I said Dan Australian Dan who some long term listeners will remember from about ten months ago he left Fire and Ice by Robert Frost some say the world will end in fire some say in ice from what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favour fire. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. So that's Let's Australian speak. Dan's contribution. If you can Let's work speak. out exactly what it means, then uh, please let us know. Uh, and for now, ladies and gents, for another week, uh, six days, possibly seven, possibly eight, we never know when we're going to record on which day of the week these days with uh, Joel and Dan running around with their new jobs so frequently it is goodbye from Santiago goodbye everyone and I just want to say Arsenal is now the best team in the south of Buenos Aires that's it Capolzo goodbye from uh, a fan of the what second best team in the south second best team I'd probably say they're the best team in the south Racing I want goodbye leave table and see whether you're right about that are you saying this, Santi, with any... Um... <laughs> yeah, from the last 20 years, we've, uh, I mean, ah. last 30 years or so, haven't been relegated, got the only... Last... The last, well, last, last, if you say last 10 years, um, I'd agree with you. You might not like this, but in terms of the Son Asura teams, it's actually Quilmes who are currently uh, leading, your classical rivals, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says... With I want to kill me, Capo Sur. <laughs> um... <laughs> Two points ahead of Racing and Arsenal are, uh, in fact, on the same number of points as Racing, but are behind on goal difference. That's uh, with so Kilmer's yeah. playing a lot of years outside. Right? No, yeah. no, I'm just talking about the, the current the Tonel final standings. Oh, right, okay. okay. Um, we, we have a Copa Sudamericana, Recopa, we have a Suruga Bank Championship. <laughs> you know what champions like? Prestigious. <laughs> prestigious trophy. Anyway, both of you shut up and say goodbye. Santi, goodbye. Bye, everyone. English Dan, goodbye. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.